Hello and welcome to World Travel Essential, produced by Allmont Global and brought to you in partnership with Forbes Travel Guide and ShareCare. This week on World Travel Essential, we put the spotlight on driving equality within the travel sector. And luxury travel guru Mary Gostolo takes us to one of her favorite properties, this time in Singapore. But now to the essentials. Accor and the International LGBTQ Plus Travel Association, or IGLTA, have announced a global partnership. Together, Accor and IGLTA uh, will be working to ensure the hospitality industry is safe and an inclusive space for all and will be facilitating and driving equality within the travel sector. Well, on the line today, I have Patrick Mendez, a group chief a commercial officer in charge of sales, marketing, distribution and loyalty for the Accor Group. He's been working on this project. Uh, hi, Patrick. How are you today? Fine. Thanks for the opportunity. It's a pleasure to be with you. Tell me about this new global partnership in, in the field of LGBTQ plus travel. Well, it's, um, it's not new for Accor. You know, we are, we are uh, working on this area for many years, but we've decided to, to, be, to go a step further. So we decided to sign uh, this uh, partnership as a platinum member uh, with uh, the LGBTQ plus association in order to show our commitment. And uh, you, you said it all, and uh, show that um, not only for the clients, but for our, all the community we are working with, employees, uh, all, the, all the artists, this is a name we call our employees around the world, uh, our investors, our different stakeholders, plus, of course, our clients are welcomed uh, and they, will, they, they need to know that they will feel uh, valued uh, and accord in any of his hotel or his HQ, uh, it's a safe and inclusive place for all the, all the communities. Why is it so important to make a, a really firm commitment in this way? Well, you know, it's, um, we didn't want to put that word in a slideshow or in a PowerPoint presentation uh, only. I think it's easy to do it. Uh, myself, I've been um, in charge of uh, South America for for many years, I stayed there for, for nine years and I was, uh, I was driving a project also to drive, uh, um, includes, uh, to, to, to drive non-discrimination and to make sure that we are known, uh, we are inclusive, let's say. And it was tough sometimes uh, because you, you need to be vocal in front of uh, companies, in front of some uh, government, in front of some uh, uh, reluctant people to, to go this, this way. So being, being bold, there's something that we, we want to be uh, for many years at ACO, and we decided with this commitment to show that we are bold and we are serious when we are talking about inclusive and, uh, and non-discrimination. Now, you, you've already explained this a little bit, but what, what is back, uh, the, the background of ACOR in this sphere? I, I, as you say, you already warmly welcome these travellers. What, what is the background in, in, this, in this area? Uh, many backgrounds, not only in, in, uh, in the region I was leading at the, in the past, I was, I was talking about that because uh, uh, Accor HQ proposed me to be uh, uh, the new ambassador uh, defending these goals. Uh, and um, again, uh, I'm a known gay, you know, it was even uh, even more important for them to say that it's not only uh, a gay or, or someone from this community defending these goals, I'm a known gay and uh, I'm totally uh, open uh, to uh, all the, the non-discrimination uh, policies we are putting in place that are core. So 
I was one of the leaders in, uh, in South America, but in all the region. You go to in Pacific, you go in North America, in Europe. We are doing a lot of actions uh, uh, in uh, making sure that uh, we are, you are, uh, all the people are uh, safe and in, in a safe environment uh, for, to work with. And it's not only for the clients, it's important. I'm not only talking about clients, it's not only a commercial uh, or it's not even a commercial uh, decision or marketing decisions. We are uh, in our uh, deep uh, uh, in our genuine, let's say, value, uh, very concerned by, uh, by the human, uh, by the community. We are working with more than 300,000 employees. So for us, the, the first public was uh, staff, was uh, our, our, our people working with us. After you have, of course, the clients. So in all the region, we did a lot of actions. Uh, and it can be a very simple one, uh, being part of a group, uh, which is... Uh, being vocal in all the countries, even on the more adverse countries, you have some countries where it's more difficult. So we were very vocal, participating in in a, in a working group, in a, in a in talk shows, explaining our policies. It can be even further where we 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 implementing some policies to make sure that we are not discriminate uh, discriminative in in, a, in our hotels. Doing some trainings to explain to the receptionists, to the waiters, the way you behave, the way you do a check-in which can be different. So a lot of information. It can be also a lot of, uh, um, uh, we can say, let's uh, talk show from people that had, that had to face some difficulties in travel, the travel industry. So we asked some, uh, some speakers to explain to, to a bunch of hundreds of people what, what is exactly their difficulties when, uh, uh, that they have to face in a day-to-day. -day. And it's, uh, it's an eye-opener for many people. So that's, 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 those are the kind of actions we are doing at the local level in each hub. We have eight hubs, eight geographic hub, uh, hubs uh, in the world, and each hub is uh, acting uh, quite proactively on this uh, area. Are there any places where this will be more difficult than others? I'm thinking of uh, places like the Middle East or, or you know, in, in the, the more hardline states like Kelantan in Malaysia or, or Indonesia. Is it particularly difficult in these areas to, to implement these kinds of uh, new um, uh, sort of rules or, or, or uh, facilitate this kind of uh, activity? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, it's, uh, we we can't be uh, blind of uh, what's happening in the world. Uh, I, I was talking about, uh, you know, Latin America uh, earlier. Even in Latin America, you know, even if you think it's uh, it's very uh, open-minded, it's not the case everywhere. You know, I had to face myself uh, some. Uh, some uh, sometimes some fireback or some comments uh, about our, our commitment, uh, but um, by being again by being bold and by uh, uh, giving or leading by example, you uh, you can change lots of things. And uh, even in the in the more difficult countries, it's going to be more difficult. But I think we, we want to lead by example. We want to show that it's possible. I can tell you, sometimes I, I was even. Uh, wearing a shirt you know uh, i remember one day I, I had to play rugby with a with a, a gay team uh, so i was in the middle of this uh, this team playing against uh, against another team showing that we are committed we are going i'm a rugby player i, I used to be a rugby player but this is a way we are showcasing so it's so it can be sometimes can seems to it seems to be a bit uh, uh, demonstrative but I, I think that the example by small actions can can lead the way what more do you think should be done in the hospitality industry when it comes to welcoming LGBT travellers? 
uh, two, two words for me that are important. The first one is communication. Uh, I told you that we uh, we did a lot of trainings uh, or explaining uh, what is what is actually LGBTQ plus plus plus. You know, if you try to explain to a, a known uh, a known trained uh, staff or person just to explain what is it exactly what are we talking about what are the differences uh, what do you need to adapt why don't you why, why you don't need to adapt because often sometimes you create a monster sometimes of something which is very simple uh, is a common sense so so the, the first part is communication i will say uh, just to explain exactly and to de uh, de-dramatize or de uh, turn it more normal let's say uh, at the first step. And the second one is, uh, I was a bit mixed with the first one, this is training. Training at the, at the forefront. Uh, all the clients that are in contact uh, with our staff or staff contact with clients, they need to be trained uh, because sometimes it's not because they are, they have a bad, uh, a, a bad uh, intention, but sometimes they just uh, don't know. So they don't know how to act. They, feel, uh, they don't feel at ease. So for me, the training of our staff in hospitality, in tra- the travel industry in general, uh, we need to train the people, train the staff. Now, how are you communicating about this partnership? It's it's obviously an important partnership, but are you communicating outwardly about this? Yes, well, we've just started now, so I have the communication team in the line too. So we will do a, an official announcement, a global announcement. Uh, Sebastian Bazin, our CEO, is also, also fully involved and will announce that. So we will announce in all the... On the forum we have, like uh, like we do today with you, uh, officially. Uh, as I told you, we want to be vocal on this one, and we want to clarify what we're doing. Uh, not only turn that as a commercial uh, action, which is something that is being done sometimes uh, by by certain companies. So we want to avoid that. Uh, the first, again, the first commitment for us is our is our, is our employees. Uh, so this will be the communication. After we will let the hubs, so we create a communication kit that we will send to all the, zero, the eight geographical zone, and each of them are embracing the project with a, a list of ambassadors. So I'm the global ambassador. Uh, we did a launch in the kickoff last week. So we did an official launch. We are the community uh, of uh, 12 or 13 uh, a steering committee, a kind of uh, executive committee of, uh, of uh, this uh, project. I'm the leader as an ambassador. The, the communication team is, a, is a, let's say, the, the chief executive officer of this project. And we have in each zone an ambassador that will adapt uh, to, the, to the different countries. As you said, you know, you can't do exactly the same actions everywhere. You don't have the same level of maturity. Uh, but in, in certain cases, we're going very far even with the government, uh, trying to influence some laws, uh, trying to uh, to explain um, uh, to some um, very important people, influencing people in the government that uh, we can change a few things uh, to, to, uh, to improve or to improve uh, the relationship between them. Uh, uh, between the community, between the communities by itself, uh, by themselves, because uh, you have some countries where the inter interconnection is very difficult between uh, LGBT plus plus and non LGBT plus communities. So we we are acting in this field also to to do some uh, liaison. So it's all about celebrating people and their differences. This is, this is really the underlining theme of of all of this. Yes, well, you know, as we are, we are a people company. You know, as I was telling you, Accor is a is more than three hundred thousand staff. It's more than a hundred million clients per year. 
It's more than uh, 30,000 uh, investors uh, working, uh, you know, stakeholders. So it's uh, all about people. So this uh, big project is to put the human at the center. And the human with this difference, with uh, his uh, genuinity, I don't know if it exists in English, um, everything, everyone, everyone is welcomed. Everyone needs to feel valued. Anyone, everyone needs to feel, to feel at home when he's a, uh, working with Akko or entering at Akko Hotels. So this is, for me, the key, the human at the centre. Well, Patrick Mendes, thanks very much for taking the time today. And, and we really hope uh, a lot of other uh, hospitality organisations will follow suit. Yeah, this is also the objective. You know, we, we are not the number one. You know, we, a lot of, uh, I don't want to be arrogant and say that Akko is the only one doing that. We have a lot of actors are, that are playing this, uh, this field, but we want to be serious and bold and we will participate and help or convince the ones that are not uh, entering the same field or the same way, help them and to work as, a, as an influencer to make sure that it happens really uh, everywhere. Thank you, Patrick. We, we certainly hope so. Time now to hear from luxury travel guru Mary Gostolo. Hello, this is Mary Gostelow. This week I'm talking about Ritz-Carlton Millennia Singapore. Now, why am I going back to a hotel that I have known and loved for many years? Well, they're always doing something new. For instance, one of the latest things is a soup that's not for drinking. At the hotel spa, you can now choose La Mer Miracle Broth Facial, which is a 90-minute treatment that apparently empowers skin renewal. And while this is going on, a live cellist plays, lulling you to sleep. They're always doing interesting things. This is a hotel that actually looks more like a 32-floor sculpture soaring up with a giant hemispherical hole at its third floor as if to let evil eyes through and away. Go inside the hotel and you look left or right to wall art at either side, great pieces of blown glass by the Washington State-born artist Dale Shahuli. There are, in fact, over... 4,000 incredibly valuable pieces of modern art here. A collection of such names as David Hockney, Frank Stella, you name it. You can also produce your own creations. You must go up, if your room gives you access, to the top floor club lounge because there they have paper and paints as if you can perhaps record that memorable view from up there, you look down and far across to Marina Bay Sands, that casino hotel that has a Boeing 747 long sky-high swimming pool cantilevered off its rooftop. I really love that club lounge. That becomes my home when I'm there. They have a live chef who cooks to order and you can have day long, whenever you want it, a, a chilled glass of Rodera Rosé. There's also an eight-bottle Enotech for do-it-yourself wine tastings. 
If you want to eat in a restaurant, you have the Michelin-starred summer pavilion downstairs. At the moment, its tulip-set menu has pan-fried Japanese, Japanese wagyu, followed in turn by South African three-head abalone and then Canadian lobster. I might alternatively go retro at Republic Restaurant, which has flavors, ingredients, and sensations inspired by the 1960s. There's even more history at Colony Restaurant, showcasing, as its name implies, that era of our local and other Asian cuisines from its seven kitchens. This is a hotel that does nothing in a small way. There are 600 rooms in all, and the smallest is a significant 51 square metres. The club rooms, ideally front-facing, say one of my favourite suites, any number 16 or 26, are magnificent. But also, if you want the biggest space, Go for the Ritz-Carlton Suite, which gives you two bedrooms, 218 square metres of overall space, and seating around a big table for a dozen people, which means you can dine with your friends or have a good meeting. Yes, Ritz-Carlton Millennia is Think Big. Even the charismatic GM, Peter Mangi, does that. He has at least a dozen motorbikes and other old and classic vehicles stored around the world for his rare times off. Bye for now. Thanks, Mary. Well, that just about wraps it up for this edition of World Travel Essential, produced by Allmont Global and brought to you in partnership with Forbes Travel Guide and ShareCare. This is Richard Barnes saying thanks for joining me this week. Look forward to catching you again next week. 